The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. And we are here live via virtual distancing, uh, courtesy of the East Middle Public Library, for our 46th live show. I'm here with none other than our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Serrano. I feel like I just did this. <laughs> Hi, yeah, we I... just did this. <laughs> and we have our very own from thelifeofgenergy.com, Jenna Lee Feldy. Hi. Hi, everyone. Good evening. Um, in theory, our senior correspondent, Charlie Saldino, should be joining us shortly. <laughs> but we have our special guest who we're going to be talking to with and about, which is awesome because he's here. Virtual distancing, hey. of course. It is stand-up comedian and uh, combo creator, Luis M. Cruz. Hey, how are you? So on this week's show, we're going to be talking with Luis because he's here. Because it's very difficult to talk about him when he's not here. And uh, we're going to it does, have... It does make it easier. Yes. <laughs> Before we do that, we gotta take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, uh, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of complexness and pop culture stuff. More information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention will be on September 25th and 26th. It is their Big Apple Silver Anniversary Expo. I believe tickets are on sale now. I'm not 100% sure, but you can go onto the website and they will be announcing headliners as we get closer. And I want to give out shout outs for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin Array. You want to have your own little shout-out? Go to www.patreon.com and look up. It came from you in a search bar, and just for a dollar a month, you can get uh, a shout-out on our show. We would greatly appreciate it. So let's take it away with the news. As always, we start off with sad news. So let's see. Uh, sad news. Actor Charlie Robinson uh, died recently from cardiac arrest with, all right, here we go, multi-system organic organ failure due to septic shock and metastatic endonarcarinoma. Yikes. Um, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yes, thank you, Dominic. It can't. Anything that ends in oma is a tumor of some kind. And when you say uh, metastatic, meaning metastasized, you had cancer. So he had cancer, which led to toxic shock syndrome, which gave him a heart attack. Thank you. Thank you very much. See, that's what your definition, man, Sperano. That there we go. Now we remember why I got the why you started calling me that. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. That was um um uh, Duff. Uh, what was uh, I forgot her name. Uh, Duffy. She was she was the actress, and she was like, "Oh, you're such a definition man. We're gonna call you definition man, Sperano." Mm, that's right. So uh, Charlie appeared in such films slash TV shows as 
A Killing Affair, The Trial of Lee Harvey Oswald, White Shadow, Crash Course, Love and War, Project Alf, that was the movie that came after the series series Alf, Beowulf, Heart of Dixie, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, The Guest Book, and of course, perhaps what he's best known for is 180 plus episodes of the NBC series Night Court, which ran from 1984 to 1992. Um, of note, Charlie reprised his role of Mac in the quote-unquote meta episode of 30 Rock, where they made a Night Court reunion episode within the show. That's cool. I didn't see that, but that's cool. Were you a uh, fan of uh, Night Court? I wasn't saying like a massive fan, but I do remember watching it when I was a kid. Um, and I did enjoy watching it. It's my first like recollection of John Larroquette. Yes, I yes. find is a very funny comedic actor who I also loved on Boston Legal and was brilliant in Stripes. Um, and certainly, um, I forgot the name, but of the guy who was played the judge. Oh, Harry Stone? Uh, Harry, yeah. That was but the name I, of the show. Harry Anderson was the uh, actor. Yeah, and I always remember him. It was the first thing I saw him in, and then I found out later he was actually did most of his career as a magician. And he also was in Cheers for years. He always played a, a con artist in, on, on Cheers. You are correct. Yeah. So like this, this is like one of the first things I saw all these people in. And even Brent Spiner was in it once as a co-star. That is, that is also correct. Uh, Jim, were you a fan of uh, Night Court? No, because I don't want to be in court. And I like the daytime, not the night. So no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think I ever watched it. Cena correspondent Charlie Saldino, are you there? I'm going to say that's a no. As, as much as he ever is. <laughs> Luis. Yes. Were you a fan of Night Court? Yes. I like the uh, Bull. Yes, Bull. Richard Maul. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a fan. I loved the show. I watched it religiously. It was great. And it's, it's sad to see him uh, go. Um, he was a, a spry 75 years old. That, that's young. Yeah. So let's see. So moving on for some more sad news. Oh, great. Actress Suzanne Douglas also died recently from pancreatic cancer. Uh, Susan appeared in such TV shows slash movies as Tap, The Knife and the Gun Club, Chain of Desire, I'll Do Anything, The Inkwell, Jason's Lyric, How Stella Got a Groove Back, School of Rock, Changing the Game, Happy Yummy Chicken, Against the Law, Promised Land, and When They See Us, Just Name a Few. I, once again, remember her mostly from the Robert Townsend WB series, The Parenthood, where she played the wife Geraldine in 90 episodes of the series, which ran from 1995 to 1999. Do you uh, remember that show, Dominic? I remember it. I never watched it. It was a good show. It was a very, was it? yeah, it was a very positive show. It was really funny. Uh, Robert That's Townsend, he, he, he really did a good job with that. Um, he Jen, always did like positive stuff. Yes, yes. He was, he was a positive guy. Uh, Jen, do you? Uh, I, I know I'm gonna regret asking this, but did you ever watch The Parenthood? I saw the parent, the Parent Trap, the Parenthood. I don't think so. I, 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 I'm more into trapping than hood. You know, more into the trap <laughs> game than the hood game. Cena so. uh, <laughs> correspondent Charlie Saladino, you know? are you there? Charlie, we're gonna say no. <laughs> Charlie, the so Lewis, did you ever watch The Parenthood? No, I never watched it. She was, was a she was a fine actress. It was uh once again it was a really good show and it's once again sad to see her go. She was a young sixty four years old. Yeah, I mean once you you get pancreatic cancer, 
that's just sad. It was like there's there's no coming back from pancreatic cancer, unfortunately. And on 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 a more sad news note, we have oh, two more to great. go. Yes, actor Francis Chick Vienera also died recently from cancer. Uh, while Chick, <laughs> that's his name, Chick, uh, oh, was so in. Like this is like a, like a cancer hat trick. <laughs> Um, he he was in various TV shows and films, and he is perhaps best known by me once again as the Good Feathers, uh, Pesto, Sparrow, and Joe P from the original Animaniacs cartoon, which now ran that I have from watched. the WB from 1993 to 1998. So yes, I know you're a, a, a mobster kind of guy, Dominic. No, I'm talking and about Animaniacs. Animaniacs, <laughs> yes. Um, <coughs> You, now you've never even seen Goodfellas. I so have not. You get the jokes. That I just thought are, it was funny on its own. I know, but I'm like, so you, but you did still found it funny. Yes. Because like I found it funny as a child, but then once I saw Goodfellas, like the reason I think it was Pesto was supposed to be the Joe Pesci. Character yes. Yes. And why he was always getting annoyed. Uh, <laughs> and he's like beat up on the other guy. Are you calling me this? So it's, it, you don't get it, though, because you haven't watched Goodfellas. Correct. But yes. Uh, mm. Jen, an Animaniac how. fan? Jen, maybe? Goodfellas? I was supposed to do a Goodfellas review, but Animaniacs? Nope. I always thought I was too old for it. So, no. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's try I was it. born an old lady. All right. Let's see yeah, if we can go. She was too uh... old at the age of nine. She couldn't watch it. It was like, that's yeah, Exactly. Let's see if we can go uh, three for three. Senior correspondent Charlie Saladino, can you hear us? Charlie, unmute your microphone. I'm gonna say no. So, Lewis, yes, were you a fan well, of the I Animaniacs? Like Silence, so that's yes, okay. I was. He's a, not even I was muted. A very, big, very big fan of the Animaniacs. So you remember the 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 good fella, the good feathers? Yes, <laughs> I do. Pinky was... in the brain was my favorite, though. Yes, you know I'm actually surprised that he voiced all three characters. I always thought it was three different uh, actors. Yeah, that's good voiceover work. So he was a, a, a spry 74. I'll say that, and not only did he voice three characters, but he made them one really sound kind of like De Niro, one sound like Pacino, and one really kind of sound like Ray Liotta. Like, not only did he voice them, but he voiced them fairly accurately to the original mm. actors. So that's very impressive. Hmm. Mm. All right. So I can't do it. Final bit of sad news. There you go. Uh, director and producer Robert Downey, Robert John Downey Sr., also died recently from complications of Parkinson's disease. Uh, Robert yeah. had a hand in a film, in films such as <clears throat> A Touch of Greatness, Sweet Smell of Sex, No More Excuses, You've Got to Walk It Like You Talk It or You'll Lose That Beat, uh, Sticks and Bones, Up the Academy, I remember that movie, I love that, uh, To Live and Die in L.A., Rented Lips, Moving Target, Johnny B. Good, Too Much Sun, Hail Caesar, uh, Hugo Pool, Boogie Nights, Rittenhouse Square, and The Tower Heist, just name a few. Um, of wow. note, obviously, he is the father of actor Robert Downey Jr. Hmm. You familiar with uh, his work, Dominic? Uh, just his son. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, really... that would be one of his greatest that, that, works. <laughs> I think that was, that was his greatest hit, honestly. <laughs> it, it was interesting because not too recently, uh, not too long ago, I was like looking up Robert Downey Jr. Um, for whatever reason, just to see like how old he was or whatever, and I happened upon his wikipedia page and like it, it's interesting like downey's not really the family name and downey senior took it from like his stepfather or something and it, it's an it's an interesting life the man led um i'm glad that he had 
cleaned up his act later in life. And I know he'd been married for quite some time to like his third wife. So, I mean, I'm glad to see this and seemingly father and son are, were, were tight together towards the end of his life. And I'm happy to see that too. Parkinson's is a horrible disease. It's an absolutely horrible disease. Again, Robert Downey, Robert Downey Sr. Yes? No? Uh, Boogie Nights. I don't know what his hand is. I would love to know what he's in. I love that movie. Love it, love it, love it. And then the Walk It Like You Talk It, I'm intrigued because I'm all about that. So I'd love to see that. Let's try fourth time. What's the over-under? Senior correspondent, Sean oh. Saladino. Can you hear us? Charlie? Charlie? <laughs> Can you hear us, Charlie? <laughs> all right. So, oh, Louise. <laughs> Yes, Tower Heights. Tower Heights, there you go. I'll say this, uh, Robert Downey was also a Long Islander. He I grew did up not in know Rock- that. I'm just really? looking him up now. Yeah, he grew up in Rockville oh. Center. And like yeah. I said, he, he changed his name after his stepfather, James Downey. He was born Robert Elias Jr. Oh. So that's all interesting things. Like I said, he was an interesting man, and I'm glad that him and his son were on good terms later in his life. So he was a, a, a spry 85 years old. Mm. So let's move on to the not as sad news. From the is it 25 years too late department. In celebration mm. of its 25th anniversary, Nickelodeon has announced a brand new original Blue's Clues movie. Uh, the movie will follow Josh and, and Blue, which is the cartoon dog, as they head to New York City to audition for a big Broadway musical. Production on film will begin this summer. Uh, the film is part of an array of initiatives that will span multiple platforms to celebrate the series, including a television event, a one-of-a-kind nostalgia-driven music video, uh, customer, pro- customer product programs, and more. Executives say <clears throat> Blue's Clues is hands down one of the most successful and critically acclaimed preschool shows in history, and we are so proud that Nickelodeon has been in its home for the last 25 years. The series' creativity, interactivity, and inclusivity has stood the test of time, and we're now continuing to empower, challenge, and build the self-esteem of a new generation of preschoolers with brand new Blues, Clues, and You movie and multiple upcoming seasons of the series and Animation Studio Pipeline. Uh, For those of you not paying attention, Blues, Clues premiered on Nick Jr. on September 8, 1996, and the original series ran for six seasons with a spinoff, Blues Room, debuting in 2004. In 2019, a reboot live series called Blues, Clues, and You debuted. Uh, both the original and reboot series feature a live-action host in the animal world. Have uh, you guys ever seen Blues, Clues? Uh, Dominic? Yes. Oh, wait, Jen, you've seen Blues, Clues. There we go. Yes. And my stepbrother watches it. I even know this song. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag a tail. And when it comes, I want to yell, mail. That was my slurred version because <laughs> I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know about it so would you go see the movie <laughs> if, if i was paid i don't know who's gonna pay me for that but you know if if that happens sure you know dominic fan of uh, blues clues so this is again where she and i differ no i've never really watched blues clues and to quote what <laughs> what jen said before i was too old for that when it came out <laughs> <laughs> I will my stepbrother, he's autistic, so he watches That's okay. that stuff and of sings course. it. Yeah. But for me personally, no. I was like, no, not like me personally. 98 or something? Like, no. Well, that yeah. Ninety-eight, like, uh, okay. <laughs> really? Was it was that when you said it when did you say it came out, Mark? 
It came out of uh, 96. So, yeah, 96. it was there. Okay. Six seasons, 96. You were there, yeah. Yeah, so okay. by the point I was 13, I was a little too old for, for Blue. Yeah. Um, I, I like the fact that uh, they, they've changed the live-action host three times. And uh, they had, like, a crossover episode when they had the other two guys come back. So that yeah. was kind of cool. So they're, like, you know, they're branching everybody together. Um, Luis, have you uh, a fan of uh, Blue's Clues? Blue's Clues. <laughs> <laughs> no, no clues no. clues not at all no <laughs> just me it's, it's funny um it, it was one of those things that you know you switching the channels and it comes on and every time i switch channels it would always come up on the same episode so i've only seen one episode of blues clues oh, over weird. and over and over again it's one where it's just trying to find a bike maybe and I always... you're stuck in groundhog day maybe it's you maybe um and i, and yeah. I didn't know that blue was a girl really Yes, oh. Blue is a girl. I did not know that. That's a fun fact for you guys out there. Never watched it. Why would I know? <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to ask. Charlie Saladino, Cedric Ronfrani, can you oh, hear God. us? I'm going to say no. Oh, boy. But he's, in, he's, he's with us in spirit. <laughs> he, gets, he's a, he gets to watch the show. <laughs> What's he doing? I don't, I don't know. Because now he's, he doesn't even have... Now he's muted. Now it is, I don't even know what he's doing. Let's now. just talk about him while he's muted. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's what we do when, like, yes, when, not when, not, when they're not here, we yeah. make fun of him. Yes, we, when, we call whenever, each other all the time and talk about you. Yeah, <laughs> whenever we have to do the show on the rare times Mark can't be there, it's just about like, let's talk about Mark. Yes, so we'll do the uh, same thing to Charlie. Let's talk about Charlie. Moving on <laughs> from the that's what stuntmen are for, Dr. Jones department. Uh, Harrison Ford has been injured while filming the fifth Indiana Jones film. Um, executive says, in the course of rehearsing for a fight scene, Harrison Ford, who is now 78 years old, sustained an injury involving his shoulder. Production will continue while the appropriate course of treatment is evaluated and the film schedule will be reconfigured as needed in the upcoming weeks. Um, of note, leaked photos from the set show Harrison in a sling, so now the question of is how much will the film be quote unquote reconfigured to accommodate him? That's a good question. He has a habit of doing this because when they when he was doing episode seven, he broke his leg. Yes, that's right. The the million falcon door fell on his foot or something. Yeah, so hmm. he should just leave it alone. <laughs> or maybe it's suspicious. Maybe he's just a litigious guy or playing the victim looking for sympathy. Oh, really? suspicious. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He, he's making Harrison Ford money. He doesn't need any sympathy. Yeah. He doesn't need anything. I don't Harrison know. Playing Ford's the victim is very fun. trendy nowadays. <laughs> oh, someone did this to me. Oh, something happened. Love me. Harrison know? Ford's no victim. He punches people that are on his plane. <laughs> <laughs> Luis, a fan of Harrison Ford? I know we were talking you know, before the show started that you were a Star Wars fan. Uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. That's about it. I'm a fan of his. Um, so, I don't like his interviews. He's just... I don't know why. He sounds like he's slow. <laughs> um, I, I think he quiet. just doesn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, like him and like De Niro, they're very, like, they don't want to talk. It's like, I don't yeah. know why they do interviews. They are very... Yeah. very like, I, I think the reason that they do interviews is because they're being paid to do interviews yeah. <laughs> and they're contractually obligated to. to do interviews. Yeah. But I think that's, you know, because you have to remember... Being an actor is not going in front of people and talking to people. My mom used to mention something that she sure. noticed uh, many uh, you know, hundred years ago when we were watching talk shows. There was one talk show. I don't remember which one it was, but um, my mom noticed that the armrest of the guest, the main guest, 
had a little a little hole in it. And most actors who were nervous were picking at the hole. And she's like, see, because actors are like nervous when they're not acting. They're not doing their job. So it's themselves. So they're very so they're very uneasy when they're talking and being interviewed. I'm like, huh, that's very interesting. So at that point, I always looked at actors differently. You have a good point. Well, yeah, like Jason Alexander has mentioned this in an interview where he said people come up to him and expect George Costanza from Seinfeld. And he's actually quite introverted as a person. So what he ended up doing was creating a character that was Jason Alexander. So he would act as a character that was himself to give people the experience they were expecting. That wasn't, of course, George, but more engaging rather than like wanting to be like, uh, leave me alone. So he almost created a, a third personality or a second personality to be able to be outgoing and engaging with fans that came up to him. I mean, totally Jenna, know nothing about that. <laughs> I was just going to say, Jenna, as, a, right now. as an actress, you have said yeah. many times that you just, it's always a performance. You're always on. I mean, if it's public and it's recorded, then it's not authentically me. Cause if I said exactly what I want to say, I'll get hacked or killed or someone's going to get harassed or something's going to happen. So Jenny Feldy stage name, Real name, Jennifer Elise Feldman. A little different, you know? So let's see. We should have enough for, uh, we have two best news. Let's see if we can get to both of them. So let's do, let's do this one. From the, that's a lot of nuts, department. The new Marvel flick, Black Widow, has taken the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in $80 million in in ticket sales. Uh, This makes it the biggest opening of 2021 so far and places it already at number four in the highest grossing movies of 2021 so far, with Godzilla at number three with $99.2 million, Fast and Furious Part 9 with uh, $143 million, Quiet Place Part 2, Standing Tall, at number one with $151 million. Um, of note, Quiet Place Part 2 and Fast and Furious are only available seen legally in theaters, while Godzilla and Black Widow are on both streaming services as well as in theaters, with Godzilla being free with the service and Black Widow costing you an extra fee in addition to the service. This is a very new, different world, how movies are coming in. And I think the, the business models are, are changing because we can see that all three different uh, versions they're all making money. And this is only money coming in from box office sales. So I'm wondering how much are they making on the, uh, the, the Disney's making on the, on the, on the individual sales. I, I have to say, like I'm torn if I want to really go to the theater and see black widow or not. Um, I think it'd be safe. I'm not even worried about safety at this point. It's more of time convenience for my life. And I'm like, I don't know, like 20 bucks or whatever it is to watch it at home seems like a lot but if you think about how much it would cost me to go see it in a theater it's probably going to be 10 or 12 dollars for a ticket and then if i want snacks or something i'm going to pay that as you know and like i'm probably going to spend 30 or 40 just between myself and my lady so you know it might be less expensive to see it to watch it at home what are your thoughts no way though that i I'm annoyed, though, that I got to pay extra because I like that HBO Max doesn't make me pay extra. Right. Even Paramount Plus doesn't make me have to pay extra. See, so you should make your stand. I'm not giving them their money. I'm going to give somebody else their money to give well, to them. Well, <laughs> I'm also like, I know if I wait long enough, it'll just come to Disney Plus anyway. Right. So, so that's what the you, other thing. What are your thoughts on this, Jen? It's, uh, what do you think of the whole difference of 
movies and the, the business model now? I'm a little mind boggled. I was thinking about this this week. I, I really don't know what should be done. Um, I, I really don't know. I'm just, I'm just going to say I don't know. And I wish more people would say I don't know more often. It would make my life easier because a lot of people got to come up with these answers and a lot of times they're BS. So I'm just going to go with I really don't know what should be done. I really don't. That's a fair uh, plan on this one. That's a fair response. Uh, Luis, what do but you think? I do of- think streaming is, is important and then the live theaters. But how do we balance it all? Not the expert here. All right, fair enough. Luis, what do you think? What are your thoughts on the business model of how movies are being shown to people now? I think the future is streaming. Um, movie houses are going to be obsolete soon. And if you stream everything, it's, it's more comfortable. And, I mean, you get to watch it from the privacy of your own home. So I think streaming would be beneficial. Uh, it's less. It costs less. And... You could do whatever, cook whatever you want. You don't have to eat the popcorn or anything. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I've, been saying this, I've been saying this for a while. Movie theaters need to show alternative content to keep themselves relevant. But in some ways they have, because at least like AMC up until the pandemic, they were having like full on restaurants with their, mm-hmm. with their movie theaters. Now they were like taking the Alamo Draft House yeah. uh, approach to it. Having a bar, having a full restaurant, having in- movie like service service wait waiters and coming in and making it like a destination so they were trying to do like dinner drinks and movie all in one spot yeah mm-hmm. and, and massage therapy and massage <laughs> therapy. seriously all they need to do is like turn all the they already have those nice big lounging they do chairs <laughs> if they just have it where all the big lounging chairs are massage chairs that'd be the mm-hmm. most awesome thing um and I think they'll always, but I, I think they'll always be this desire to want to get out of the house. Clearly, as we well, seen yeah, the because we because remember, uh, Quiet Place Two and Fast and Furious, they're the two top, they're number two and number three, uh, number one and number two, highest grossing movies of twenty twenty one. That listen, means that's the only way was to see it in theaters. So people need and wanted yeah. to get out. So, in terms of Fast and the Furious, you don't need streaming if you've got family. <laughs> So that's it for the news. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with a game from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. You had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! This is Carrie Steller from In the Girls' Corner, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. At Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin in the month of July, get ready for Sinister War from Marvel Comics, Infinite Frontier from DC, and Amelia Clark's Mother of Madness from Image Comics. Make sure to join our membership program where you can save 10% on every purchase. And mark your calendar for free comic book day on August 14th. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday from 2 to 7, and Saturday and Sunday from noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Call us at 516-763-1133. Thank you and stay safe. Hi, this is Amy Jo Johnson, writer-director from the film The Space Between, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Looking to sell your entire comic collection? Have that one key issue you're trying to unload? 
Well, look no further than Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic book shop. Buying and selling comics, toys, and merchandise with experience in the industry for over 30 years. From Golden Age comics all the way up to the present, they want to buy your stuff. Reach out to them online at www.royalcollectiblesonline.com or give them a call at 718-793-0542. That's Royal Collectibles in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Hi, this is Ellen Dubin, star of Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Keep listening. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631 606 8166. Hey ghoulies, this is Demon Boy, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. <laughs> the Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Hey, this is Brimstone, and you're listening to my boys on It Came From The Radio. Hello, friends. This is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Me Grimlock having fun on It Came From The Radio. Me Greg Berger also. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website www.itcamefromradio.com and click on the buy us a pizza link leave your comment there and we'll read them on video hi guys this is Xenia Seberg who played Zev on the show Lex and you're listening to it came from the radio neural net processors linked to sci-fi.radio sci-fi for my wi-fi the more I listen the more I learn Now, back to our show. And welcome back to the Came From Radio, the official Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with our live studio audience, virtually distancing, of course, via Zoom, courtesy of the East Metal Public Library. 46th live show with uh, none other than Dominic uh, Ponto Comics, Dominic Definition Astrano. So I'm just going to say, maybe we don't come back into the show right off of a commercial about <laughs> dog poop. 
<laughs> it could be bags. Poopy bags. Maybe we just tweak the. I'll, I'll move the out the order. <laughs> I think it'd be better if, like, we came back, like, from Christie's custom cakes or, <laughs> okay. or sci-fi radio. The sci-fi radio one, because we're on sci-fi radio. So I think one of one of the places we are on. Yes, yeah. So on, yes. I'm just gonna just a little friendly criticism, constructively, of course. <laughs> okay. And we have a from D Life Agenda, generally Selby. Good evening, everyone. Enjoy yeah. the nice weather. Now, special guest, uh, stand-up comedian and comic book creator, Luis M. Cruz. Hey, how are you? Just want to remind everybody that um, we are uh, brought to you in part by the fine folks of the East Metal Provider. That's www.eastmetal.info. They have tons of free programming every single day, so make sure you guys go check that out. So, uh, Luis, I know Jen was excited because she was telling me how excited she was as uh, she's also walked into the world of stand-up comedy. So, Jen, why don't mm-hmm. you throw us some questions for Luis? Yeah, I want to know why you like getting on stage. Like, what is it about getting on stage and speaking to a live audience that you like? Because there's many mediums to be funny. We have TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and memes, and you don't really have to get on stage. So, and it's a big cost to it. It's very tiring. You know, I'm I, I still tired from my last show. It was like a week or two ago. So, what is it that gets you on stage and why? Um, I like to show self awareness. Um, I'm physically disabled, so to see me on TikTok, it's like now you can't really tell that I'm handicapped on the camera, okay. but when you see me on stage, it's different because you see the wheelchair, you see my disability and everything, and I like to make people aware that not all handicaps are down and out. We are funny sometimes. I'll just say that's fair. I had no idea. Yeah, because all, all I'm just seeing is a is a camera of your face. So I understand right. if you're on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, no one will no one will know that unless you gave them a long wide shot. Yeah, you which you could, do. you could do. You could you could definitely do that. Obviously, it's instantaneous uh, yeah. on on a on a uh, stage. Yeah, I have a yeah. few friends that are disabled, and they know how to. You just get an easy tripod, easy fix. So if you ever don't want to get on stage, I'll tell you how I can help you. <laughs> gotcha. She knows the ways. I know the ways, yeah. So I have to, um, since because as as it's like a rule, whenever anybody says that they are a stand-up comedian, they say, "Tell us a joke." So what's your oh, what's boy. what's your best joke? Um, I can't really say it here. Oh, it's not PC. No All right, so never yeah. mind. <laughs> what's your best clean joke? Hey, you got a clean joke? I got a few. All right. Um, how many handicaps and watches does it take to change a light bulb from a ceiling? How many? None. We can't reach. Uh, <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice, That's nice, good. Nice. That's a good one. So how, how do you go? So was the, the comic creation first or was the stand-up first? Comics. So how do you go from comics to stand-up? Uh, on a dare. A friend of mine dared me to do comedy for a very long time, and I stayed away from it because I was funny around my neighborhood, and he dared me to get on stage, and I did, and... That's it. I got hooked on it. Hmm. How are you funny around your neighborhood? Um, I just like making fun of everything. Like I okay. always tell myself I'm a, I'm a stand-up comic from a sitting-down point of view. I do stand-up right. comedy from a sitting-down point of view. So So your neighbors? Did you talk to your neighbors? The neighbors. You well, I'm, I'm always outside. I, anybody I meet, they laugh at something crazy that I do or whatever. Gotcha. So you're friendly with the neighborhood. Yeah. See, I have a joke that I'm not, so that's why I'm asking so much about this. <laughs> I go out of my way 
very simply put, I actually climbed out of the passenger side door. And hopefully my neighbors aren't hearing me just to avoid my neighbors because I don't want to do the Larry David stop and chat. So my neighbors probably have very little idea about me. <laughs> Only a few. <laughs> I avoid Another them. stop and chat. Yeah, I, I actually I actually made it look like there was something in my back seat. I'm looking in the back seat. I'm looking in the passenger seat. I'm pretending there's something really going on, maybe wrong with the car. I'm looking, and then I just sloppily crawl and fall out of my passenger side door so I don't have to talk to the neighbors on the left on my side door. And then I walk around the car looking at the car like there's something wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with my car. I just don't want to chit-chat. That's it. That's how much I don't want to chit-chat. I'm going through crazy antics to avoid not being known by the neighborhood. So that's why I asked the question. Another thing I like doing is um, to break the ice anywhere I go. Um, you know, those, like I, go, I travel Manhattan often, and you also have the preachers preaching in the street. So sometimes I'll, I'll park my wheelchair and I'll listen to them and I'll get up from my wheelchair and say, your words inspired me to walk and I walk away. Video that, please. <laughs> I want to see that. that. Now that the last, that. Thing, um, the last thing I did was uh, when I went to get my uh, my second uh, vaccine vaccination shot. Uh, they put you in a room, and the the nurse came about. She said you got 15 minutes. Any side effects? I said no, and then she came back six minutes down. She says you got about six minutes for. Uh, do you feel any side effects? I said yes. Um, from the waist down, I feel a weird tingling sensation. Is this supposed to happen? And I got up. And walked away from my wheelchair and she just her mouth stayed open she pulled down her mask she goes should i get a doctor i'm like yes because i've never walked a day in my life before this wow and this is and yeah but my friend stopped her she, she said no he's uh he's just being a clown that's and funny she was, she was on the floor laughing yeah yeah that's, that's funny impressive yeah. and horrifying <laughs> yes i love it yes yes way to give someone a heart attack yeah <laughs> Like, and it was positive. A, it was positive. It was a positive thing. Yeah. The only upshot is it's positive. Like it'd be terrible right. if it was the reverse. You're just like, ah, and you fell. And you're like, I yeah. can't walk now. That'd be horrible. But listen, if, if it wasn't for my friend, I probably would have been the spokesperson for Pfizer for at least two months before they caught on. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> 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 Somebody ask a question. I'm, I'm out. He's <laughs> like, you're. T- <laughs> You just this is the first time Mark has ever been speechless in an interview. It's, it's I have a song. I've never seen Mark tap out of an interview before. That's fascinating. It's, it's happened, but it's a rare occasion. It's very I rare. A, I have a song when I was in school, there was a teacher that she used to and this is when you was a kid. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Yeah. Well, I don't know how she wanted me to do it because my hands are physically disabled. So I came out and I came up on my own. If you're a cripple and you know it, shake a leg. <laughs> I like it. Sorry. I like it. <laughs> Yes, that is me. <clears throat> you have to make fun <clears throat> of yourself before you make fun of anybody else. That's true. That's you theory. have to you have to be able to take a joke, show yes. the humor. You yes. can't just like the only thing is people apart. That that as a handicapped person, I'm afraid I'm gonna get beat up by other handicapped people. And you know how they people in wheelchairs jump you? Oh. What? You know how people in wheelchairs jump you if they you make fun of them too much? Oh. They do. They do this because that's all they could do. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Sorry, sorry. sorry. for people for people listening on the air, go to our YouTube page and you can see the reaction. <laughs> all good. right, let's let's. You have tons of comics. <laughs> yeah. 
do the comics also have this unique style of humor in it? No, but what I do put in my comic books is a disabled person in 90% of my stories because we do exist and I don't believe that Professor X should be the only handicapped person in a comic book. He's a fake. He's a, and I use that loosely, meaning he used to be physically normal, but all of a sudden he can't walk. No. I'd like you're, to talking, use... you're talking about someone who lost the ability to walk as opposed to someone born without or born someone disabled? Someone who was, yes. Okay. Yes. That's, um, that's something I like to put in a majority of my comics and my novels. Yeah, I... Um, so you've done novels? You've done comics? I've done, Which do you I've prefer? Done, I like the novel. And why I, is I, that? Um, comic books, it's, it's, it's script dialogue. And, you know, the, you got to describe the, the, the panels, you know, detailed or whatever, but for me, when, when I write those details down, sometimes I forget the dialogue that I wanted to save for the character. So it's, it's weird. Whereas with the, with the novel writing, you just go straight through. You just, it's easier to just go straight through. I can see that. I can see what you mean. Because, I mean, no matter what, unless you can write, draw, ink, color, do the entire process yourself, and it's very rare to find anyone who can do the entire process, mm-hmm. you're now reliant on other people. And if you have a vision, a story you really want to tell, you it can get messed up in the collaboration process. So I can understand where you just may want to do the story in prose, just write yeah. it. So no, I, I get I- it. Now, I write, draw, and type with my mouth. Right. Oh, wow. And wow. my art is pretty good. And sometimes when the artist doesn't understand, his name is Angel Maria Martinez, I will send him a quick sketch or something just so he can see how it is. But my art takes me too long. I had an interview with Dennis O'Neill, may he rest in peace, back in the day. Mm. And I was about 23 years old, and I wanted to get into comics. And he told me straight up, your artwork takes too long. Stick to the writing. And that's mm. what I've done. Okay. I guess, yeah, because... Huh. And- I get what he means because like you have to hit deadlines and if it's taking you like a two days to do a page, yeah, you're just, you're not, no matter what, no matter how good you are, you're not going to be fast enough. Exactly. And you have, and then speed mm-hmm. is the name of the game. So I've learned to roll with it literally because I'm going to wheelchair roll with it. No, mind. Um, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Jen, you got another oh, question? Um, yeah. I'm curious if you have any fun stories about things maybe you've gotten away with. Or because of the disability? Because, you know, I, I'm a little blondish, so I get away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> I imagine there's some things you've gotten away with doing or saying that maybe you like really a, wanted to do. I'm a little blondish. Yeah, I'm a little blondish. <laughs> I look young. People think I'm like 22 to 28. I'm almost 40. So, like, I get away with a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I'm almost 50. So, <laughs> yeah, um, things that I get away with. Um, get away with a lot it's good to be handicapped i don't i wouldn't <laughs> trade it i wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world I've anything gotten, specific um anything specific you can say on the air exactly exactly because <laughs> i'm um, sure you know based on our conversation i can i'm sure there are stories that yeah. we cannot brush yet for sure yes, for yes. sure um well it's got us up and down being handicapped you get a lot mm-hmm. of doors closed on you because they People judge you just on appearances mm-hmm. first before they get to know you. And this is why I like breaking the ice with comedy no matter what I do, because 
as long as they focus on my face, they don't have to see the disability. Mm-hmm. So that, that gets them over that. Um, so yeah, it's got its ups and downs. I, I like um, I like getting ahead of the line in a movie theater. I like. <laughs> Funny enough, it reminds me of like the Carlos Mencia thing where he he did. Who knows if it was actually his his joke, but he was saying like he he was at a he was at an amusement park and someone who was handicapped got to go ahead of him and he was like objecting to it, and then the guy in the handicap like you didn't see. A handicapped kid you just saw someone who was taking advantage of it and going and cutting the line yeah. but the joke ends with him and him and the kid just going around cutting the line everywhere all the time uh, yeah. I, I actually you know. have a video of uh tom mcfarland riding around on my wheelchair at comic con and he's uh, yelling out and he's yelling out uh line cutter line cutter that, <laughs> we've, i met yeah. tom at mcfarland i'm the one who did the interview with him and and yeah i could see him doing that yeah he's a real down-to-earth guy ever since then every time i go to a con he'll shout me out yeah, he's he's a yeah. nice guy. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your books that are that you've done and uh, ones that are coming out? Um, I did a book, a comic book called Jennifer the She Wolf, and it kind of like I'm a little off on it because I had to redo the book twice to different artists. So I'm mm. a little I'm a little upset at that. Um, I also did another book for a publisher called Mass Publishing, which is a uh, it's uh, werewolves versus zombies, pretty much. That's what it was. And I did number one, and after that, he never got back to me about doing a number two issue. Um, uh, we had a difference of opinion. Mystic and opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to take it one way. It was his creation, and I, I wanted to go his way, but like my way would have blended both. And uh, I also did something for our comics, which they shut their doors. Uh, called Armageddon, and the back to Jennifer the She Wolf. It's basically a, a woman who gets you know changed into a werewolf against her will in the 1920s, and oh. she uh, has to live with this werewolf kind of family and not go back to her kids. What she doesn't know is that one of her daughters, her daughter, became a vampire against her will, but the vampire never came back to train her, so she fed on the aunt and the brother. Wow. And wow. yeah, and uh, that's that's where I have for that. And that sounds a like a modern day story of menopause and bad family. <laughs> you get hairy, you get old, people <laughs> use you, your family exploits you. I get it. Although my family's pretty good, but I, yeah, I got some friends out there. Anyway, continue. <laughs> and then um, and then there's a handicapped guy who sees the main character. Jennifer turned into a wolf, so he approaches her throughout the story. I saw what you did. I saw what you can become. Can you make me what you are? And she'll tell him that it's not a gift. It's more of a curse. And the story will go on from there. I don't want to give too much away. And, um, yeah, and then uh, I created another one called Fuel of Life, which is uh, basically, that's an illustrated book. And what it is is um, what of our blood was used for fuel on an alien ship. We called them vampires, but they weren't. Oh, I wrote that under the influence. Um, Very cool. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I, I might have to steal it. And then the hairy women that I want to make fun of are going to be the werewolves. And then the people who just suck the life out of me are going to be vampires. I'm just going to steal your whole thing. I mean, it's a cold word. So if you go see my it, Facebook posting, vampires and werewolves, it's, it's real people. <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> 
Um, and then, um, yes, fevery. <laughs> yeah, you know. And well, then, you know, uh, shout outs. I need code words for people. And then I did a, I wrote a novel back in 2008, which kept getting rejected. But then I uh, <laughs> submitted it to Dark Fire Press called The Day They Made Contact. And it basically asked the question of um, what if the aliens that crash landed in Roswell 1947 came back 100 years later and wanted to know what happened? And I don't want to give too much away from them either, but yeah. It's Didn't they the make that movie? It was Independence Day. I, I think uh, uh, everybody yeah, dies would be what happened. <laughs> yeah, basically. Everyone's dead. <laughs> mine, is a, mine is a lot different. I hope, well, yeah. listen, if it, I'm sure it's both different and just better. So <laughs> just in general. Got to be better than, than two. Oh, my God, yes. So when you have... Obviously, you have um, sci-fi horror in your blood because most of these stories are with that genre. What was your influences as a, as a child that made you go down that route as opposed to uh, pirates and romantic comedies and, and such? Sci-fi books and was basically uh, Star Wars and reading a lot of um, sci-fi books um, – one of my favorites is uh, Isaac Asimov, just to name one. And uh, currently, Kevin J. Anderson uh, books. And in terms of horror, I'm going to say Stephen King. He doesn't really scare me with the books, but I like the way he has a twist. Dominic, you got a question for Luis? So how much of your comedy do you draw on your life? None. I keep that separate. I keep that separate. I keep my writing separate from what I do with the with the uh, comedy. So, like the com the the writing is more not that obviously you're involved, you know, zombies and werewolves and things, but like you draw on your life experiences and put that within in your books, and your comedy is I I assume more observational. The things that you've seen that you find funny, or Um, well, it's things that I've seen and things that i've gone through okay like, oh so that uh, is based on your life it, the, only the comedy but not i thought you meant do i do i oh you, you reversed what i was what i was saying yeah. like, okay, okay i was so confused more in your life. Yeah, i was like what is no, happening no, okay okay <laughs> okay yeah because i was gonna like be like boy. all right so i mean <laughs> no, you, i don't think you've dealt with a lot of vampires but okay maybe he has <laughs> who maybe knows <laughs> someone no, asked no. me if i was a vampire on saturday I've been asked that a lot when people first meet me. Like a handful of people actually ask me if I'm a real vampire. I, I oh, a you, you, do a, you do do a lot of horror stuff, so. Not even really. Yeah, not even. Just the way I dress. Like people that don't even know my movies. This guy never even seen any of my films. Nothing. When I, when I used to work with kids, I had the kids think I was a transformer. Because I used to get up from my wheelchair. They were like, is he a transformer? Now that's cool. I like, like that. No, but I am more than meets the eye. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Thank you. No, but I was exploited by, what is it, Michael Bay or whatever his name is? Yeah, Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, you were right. You were correct. Good job. Yeah, because I remember the scandal with Megan Fox. And I did see Transformers in theaters. And oh, my God. Wow. It was actually boring. It was just a bunch of things breaking. It was like going to my basement with, you know, just things are just breaking and nuts and bolts falling apart. It's like, this is just housework, you know? Things just blowing up. I've never heard. 
I've never heard Transformers being referred to as housework before. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of things break. When you, when you're, you know, like the money pit with uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yes. Break. My favorite Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, that, that's home ownership, you know? <laughs> that, is, that is home ownership. Just constantly every weekend fixing something. Yes. So with the, with the comedy, Luis, um, mm-hmm. what uh, were your influences in that? Me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, when I was a baby, about two years old, three years old, um, I met Jerry Lewis. Wow. Lady. Uh, yeah. And I've always been a fan of his. And uh, one of my, I love his comedy is Robin Williams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Robin, uh, his mind never stopped working, in my opinion. It's like it was always on. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And did yeah. you see his, uh, the documentary about him that they have on HBO? I believe oh. I, I, went, I went across it. I didn't really watch it yet. Yeah, I, if you're really a fan, I think you'll find it very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, fascinating man, and fascinating how like his mind was that sharp. I so. saw one. There's maybe a few documentaries, but I yeah. saw one. My I dad didn't really of, like Robin Williams things. What? Uh, I was kind of surprised when like he died of depression. I'm like, what the hell? He was. I don't know. I well, like... there's a lot of rumors. We never know. I'm someone that always likes to say, I don't know if I wasn't there. Right. You know, right. but but the, the story that most are leaning with is that, you know, he had this disease that was taking over and he just wanted to end it, I guess, before it got worse. I think that's the like the story most are going with. But then that's other the people, general consensus. Yeah. Then, of course, you have conspiracy theory stories, you know, uh, that he said the wrong thing. There, there supposedly he had Louis body dementia, which it comes along with Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. And he was just probably slowly losing his grip on reality. And for him, I could see definitely for him, like, as much as he's out there, he can be mm-hmm. out there because he has his grip on reality. And that would be losing who he was. So mm-hmm. I don't, of course, like the decision, but I can understand that decision. Yeah, I don't sure. know if it was really deep depression as much as it was just like, I don't want to live like this. So, Luis, when yeah. you were, when you met uh, Jerry Lewis... Were you a fan of him beforehand, or did you go watch his movies afterwards? I was three years old. I don't remember, but um, I, <laughs> you don't remember? Come on! <laughs> I I've always watched his movies. I still watch his movies. Like I love him. I love his movies. What was your favorite movie when you were three years old? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> My first oh, memory is a movie at four years old. So yeah, what's um, that movie where he plays an idiot that all the producers all of swindle him? <laughs> Well, there's one where it's like a group of producers. They one guy dies who's really famous, and they need to replace him with someone who could be famous that they can manipulate. And I'm halfway through the movie; I gotta watch the rest. It's like it's not the jerk, but it's like the idiot or the dunce. It's something like that, and it's so funny. Hmm. Do you know that it's one? So movie? funny. Not at all. I don't... And I relate to it because I constantly have producers, you know, trying to pull the wool over my eyes, and it's so funny they're like who can we find that's so stupid that will do whatever we want and then he walks in just like dropping things and he's just a real idiot and they're like oh him and they try to make him into a star and it's so funny he's just such a moron it's not going well so we're at a uh, social media time actually um so okay. luis where can people find out more about you uh find find and buy your books uh do you have like a place where they can check out your comedy as well uh, my comedy is on YouTube, uh, Lewis Cruz Comedy Channel, and um, my 
Facebook, you can just look me up on the Lewis M. Cruz. Uh, Twitter, the same, Lewis M. Cruz 1. And uh, cruisingcomics at yahoo.com is my email. All right. So let's see. We have five minutes to go. So I guess we'll do some final thoughts. So, um, Dominic, do you have any final thoughts for us? Yes. My final thought is I believe the movie is probably the Patsy. Yes. Jen is looking into. Thank you, Definition Man. (laughs) You're welcome. Because I I Google that. That's what I did. Wait, you Googled everything she said and that's what came out? (laughs) No, I just Googled Jerry Lewis and like, oh. looked through like, his IMDb <laughs> to figure out what sounded the closest to what he, she was talking about. You use your detective work. I was like, wow, she, you just typed in everything she verbally said so and that's funny. what come out? That's amazing. Yes, that's, so that's exactly what happened. <laughs> of course. Oh, boy. Uh, the Patsy. I think that's what it, the movie, and that's my final thought, the Patsy. Jen, yes. final thought? Thank you. Gotta see the rest of the Patsy. Be grateful for everything you got and maximize every moment of every day and things add up over time. So if you're in a place where you don't like it, just do a little every day or a lot, you'll see two or three, four years going well. Luis, or better thoughts? Uh, yeah, live life to the fullest. And it's fun. Never think it's boring. My final thought is this. Um, thank you for being a guest. You were one, you. Of, one of the funniest ones I've had. And like I said, it's, it's, it was rare that I've lost my interviewing skills when I'm uh, being interviewing somebody, but you're damn funny. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Um, it's really cool that you took the dare and you did it. That's yeah. very inspirational for people out there. And also you're doing both the creative writing and using the comedy and you're keeping it separate, which I also thought was kind of cool. You're not merging it together. So it's not a comic book about a stand-up or anything like that. So I think that's yeah. really cool that you're able to have many separate worlds and each one you're, you're pushing forward through. So that's really cool and it's really inspirational uh, for people. Um, also want to mention that our next live show is going to be on, what is it, uh, August the 11th, we're going to have uh, Clay Maker Shadow Rabbit Art. It'll be our 47th live show, courtesy of the East Middle Public Library. Um, make sure you guys go to www.eastmiddle.info. And like I said, they have tons of free programming every single day that you guys can sign up for. And our show is one of those uh, free programs. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of our show, tough. Go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com. This is Jar Archives. will be up in a week or so. Check us out on places such as goodtalkradio.com, uh, btd.radio, uh, IndieVolt, and 40 other podcast places. Uh, thanks again. Once again, thank you very much, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.